0: It's Saturday, July 16th. Welcome to a new episode of Bazaar. I'm your host, Sid. And, you know, it's been a while again. I mean, I have been on and off, on and off, you know, recording episodes every once, two or three months, I should say. And from now onwards, you know, we are going to really crunch episodes. I mean, that's my promise to you that we will start talking more about what's happening in the crypto space because there's a lot to cover. And with me today, because I mentioned crypto, is Anmol Gandhi. Again, the, the crypto expert in my team. Really, I, I must tell you that I really learn a lot from this guy. So Anmol, it's a pleasure to have you on the show again.
1: Hi, it's a pleasure to be here once again.
0: It's, it's a pleasure to have you and, uh, you know, uh, we have a lot to talk about. So, you know, unless you, you're you living under a rock, you know what's happening in the crypto hemisphere And, you know, not a lot of people are happy as I am to see this crash because I'm an anti-crypto guy. So if you've, you know, listened to my other episodes, you know that I am just rooting for the whole cryptocurrency. I mean, you know, the ecosystem to fall, not even one or two tokens, but the whole system, I'm rooting against it. So I'm really happy. You can feel it in my voice. But the fact is that, you know, a lot of people got scammed. They lost a lot of their hard-earned money. And I don't even know if they're going to get it back. Like there are cryptocurrency exchanges which have really frozen withdrawals as a whole. So the way, the the turn of events that happened is that a hedge fund, which goes by the name of Three Arrows Capital filed for bankruptcy, which caused a ripple in the whole crypto industry. You know, since, I mean, Three Arrows is a big name. It's a big hedge fund uh, with, I mean, tens of billions of dollars in assets. And what then happened is that a crypto exchange called Voyager Digital froze their withdrawals because, you know, they had money that they wanted to recover from Three Arrows Capital. So long story short, just a week before, Voyager Digital also filed for bankruptcy. Then, you know, there's a exchange known as Wald. I think Indian people are aware of this exchange. They also froze withdrawals. And, you know, if you go on Twitter, you'll see that, you know, there are, I'm not going to take any names, but financial influencers who were under a lot of stress because they recommended that, you know, use Wald. But I mean, you know, you can't blame those guys, right? I mean, if you're putting your money to work, you you need to do your research. So, and no one could have predicted that, you know, this is going to happen. Like after Wald, I think just yesterday, there was this crypto lender Celsius. Again, it's a big crypto lender in this space. They filed for bankruptcy. So, you know, I mean, every week, me and Anmol, we are having a chat of, you know, who is going to file for bankruptcy now. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the, the biggest losers like always remains the retail investor. Because, you know, now if if you put your money in vault or if you had your money in Voyager Digital or Celsius, you can't even withdraw your money back. You know, forget about the decline in value. You can't take your money out. So that is scary, right? Imagine you had like $5 million in your bank and your bank is like, dude you can't take your money out so sheer panic right i mean people will start panicking we don't even know if they are if you know these people are get, get their money back i've seen threads on reddit uh, which anmol forwarded to me where you know people were saying that they lost their entire life savings because they put their money in in these exchanges and now they can't withdraw their money so i mean that's dumb first of all to put your whole savings, life savings in a crypto exchange, but nevertheless, you know, they can't withdraw their money back. So I've spoken a lot. We are going to talk a lot in this episode. Uh, but first, you know, the first question to Anmol, and I really want to explore this in detail, you know, what, what exactly is crypto winter and what happened, you know, what, what really happened that triggered this entire crash in the, in the crypto space.
1: The entire crash, not even not even just in the cryptocurrency space, across all risk assets. So equities, cryptocurrency, bonds, for example, everywhere. I feels like it's the general macroeconomic environment that has caused these risk on assets to face declines. Cryptocurrencies being more severe due to their inherent uh, volatility. So not quite long ago uh, november 2021 bitcoin hit an all-time high and i think equity indexes as well were at all-time highs back then because the federal reserve at that time was very conservative and understanding so the conditions were quite lenient the the interest rates were quite low they were still buying yeah. securities every month propping up their balance sheet but then that basically increased inflation across the board so Every month, uh, the U.S. would uh, release its inflation data and the number would just keep going higher. The inflation would keep going higher. People multiple times Mm. called that inflation had peaked and then they were proven wrong the next month. So (laughs) the increased increased inflation has left retailers with less purchasing power. And as a classic macroeconomic move, the Federal Reserve in the face of increased inflation has been forced to hike interest rates. So they went from the federal fund rate which is the most important interest rate uh, that the federal reserve uses to lend money to other banks went from 0% to 1.5% in the span of two to three months and now that might seem like a very small number 1.5% but that move still has huge implications for someone who has like a 10 or 100 million dollar loan for example your interest mm. went from basically nothing to a sizable amount yeah so a lot of the people who were receiving stimulus checks, for example, they were using that money to invest into the markets during the two years of COVID. And now as inflation has gone up, their expenses have also gone up. So there's not that uh, same steady level of inflow coming into the markets. And even companies who are taking on huge loans during that environment, in that COVID environment are now facing increased expenses. Yeah. so. That essentially, in my opinion, brought about the crypto winter and the crypto winter is more
0: in... Yeah, because I, I think like, because I mean, that is the space where you'll be the first to pull your money back, right? I mean, when interest rates will increase, money flows from volatile assets to more safe assets, right? Yeah. So, I mean, what's more volatile than cryptocurrency? I cannot even use the word currency, like I, it really hurts me to use the word cryptocurrency, but I mean, what's more volatile than cryptos, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned in the introduction that a lot of these exchanges, a lot of these big crypto names, have either gone under or or have been acquired or have filed for bankruptcy. And then you also mentioned Wald. So that particular example for me that stands out because, like you said, the financial influencers all throughout COVID they basically hammered home the message that you need to like your corpus that you have it has to be earning at least equal to the inflation rate
0: hmm. to,
1: to keep your, the purchasing power that you have. And while that's not wrong, like the, the principle is correct, but there is no other space right now apart from cryptocurrencies where you can earn that kind of return. So for example, just this week, US inflation data came in at 9.1%. And I don't know of any asset that can give you guaranteed 9.1% returns. <laughs> yeah. And these crypto exchanges were offering that. So for example, WALD. On stable coins, they were offering up to 12% interest rates. So naturally, a lot of people got caught in that. Got, they got caught in that circle of just trying to go for the highest interest rates. It, it's quite a bit of greed as well.
0: Yeah, be be fearful when others are greedy, right? Yeah. That's that's the. I, I mean, that's a quote for the for the century or for the entire millennia. I don't know how long. I mean, this quote will always hold true. So I remember, you know, uh, Siddhant. Was here in Bombay, right? Yeah. And he was showing me some, I don't know, some uh, application where some of these tokens were offering 2% interest rate on a daily basis. You know, yeah. like that, that is like 700% interest rate. And, you know, the first thought that came in my mind was, you know, this is unsustainable. Like this whole thing, I'm not going to use the word, but I mean, it, you know. No, you might as well use the word. Okay. It is a scam, right? There is no possible way that anyone can give me 700% return on my principal amount. So naturally, I was like, you know, this thing is going to go down and this was like three or four months back, you know, and I just had this thought that you know, there's no no way that anyone can give 700% return. And the funny thing is that the interest itself is not being paid in dollars or INR. The, The interest is being paid in the token. So If I get 700% interest in a token, which drops, you know, 90% in value, I'm not getting anything. (laughs) So it's funny, you know, how people can get scammed and I mean, how greed plays a role. We'll not go down that rabbit hole. It's a really philosophical conversation, but I want to draw your attention. So, you know, macroeconomic things were definitely one of the things that played a reason for equities to fall and for cryptos to crash so hard. But, you know, I read that, you know, the whole, th- there was this conversation around how Luna Terra ecosystem went down and there was a lot of conversations around how that caused a ripple effect for other players like, uh, you know, three arrows to default and other players also to lose a lot of money. So can you tell me something about that? Like what exactly is Luna, first of all, and what is Terra? What, what is this ecosystem and what really happened over there? Like, you know, what what went wrong for these guys?
1: so terra is basically a blockchain protocol that was mainly like it was mainly popular for its algorithmic stablecoin ust and its associated reserve currency luna so there are mm. two tokens ust is the stablecoin in respect to the dollar so one ust would theoretically equal 1 and then luna was the currency that was backing this stablecoin and this mm. was founded in 2018 by a person called do quan and he had a very brash presence in the crypto space. I mean, he was... Brash. And yeah, he he was not even
0: like he arrogant. Would rip, like he would rip people off.
1: Not Yeah, he was just, if I had to say, it, he was just very out there. And like <laughs> people who questioned him, like there were several legitimate questions people had uh, la- late last year. And he just said, he essentially just said, I have more money than you but in not such a nice way. So he he was very outspoken. Let's say that. So let's
0: let's ask him now, like how much money does he have? But anyways, yeah, yeah go on, go on.
1: So uh, one of the protocols that was built in the Terra ecosystem was called the Anchor Protocol. And mm-hmm. Anchor uh, basically promised 20% annualized returns to investors who deposited their USD into the protocol. So they... Even marketed themselves as the best savings account on the market. They went that far oh. to equate, equate themselves to an entire savings account. And what generally we associate with savings account is the highest form of security, better than any investment. Put like even investment mm. into like government securities, for example. Because if a saving the savings account is just your money, no, no interest rate, no, you're not earning anything. You're not paying anything. It's just there. Yeah. So the high interest rate was obviously eye catching. And would attract lots of investors because again, partly due to anchors for an, partly due to people, not being able to see through it, people would essentially see this 20% as the risk-free rate of interest, similar to how treasury bonds or treasury wow. use, for example, are seen. Are you serious? Yeah, this was a very prominent investor. Have you heard of Michael Saylor, the, uh, CEO of MicroStrategy? Uh, it's the first publicly listed company in the U S to hold Bitcoin on its balance sheet. Hmm. And they were told by a lot of people, Michael Saylor was told by a lot of people on Twitter to basically just take the remaining amount of fiat currency he has in his company, invest it into Anchor, into USD, and earn 20% annualized returns on it. Very prominent people in the crypto space, I should say.
0: Such a good advice. I mean, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, you know, to just equate it, like, you know, saying this is basically SDFC Bank in India, telling me that, you know, put your money in my bank and I will pay you 20% interest rate.
1: Yeah.
0: How, how crazy would that sound? Right. I mean, people would never invest in equities. People would never put their money in any, you know, futures options. We don't need that. Just put your money. There would be no need to. Yeah. Put your money in HDFC bank, earn 20% interest rate. If anyone from HDFC is listening to this, you know, if you want to get more depositors might as well do this, but that's how crazy it sounds, right? them telling me that you will get 20% interest rate and then also using the word savings account together. So, and
1: even yeah. even now the website still says the best savings account. I wish I was joking. Even after the collapse? Even after the collapse. Even after okay. USD went down by 95%. Or doll- or the, imagine the dollar went down by 95%.
0: So that is quite audacious to say the least. But... So, you know, coming back to the point, I understand that there were two tokens, Luna, Terra. Terra was a stable coin. You could buy the stable coin, put it in a crypto exchange, earn 20% interest rate. That all sounds quite simple to me. But what exactly happened that caused this whole system to fall apart? You know, the whole Terra ecosystem to fall apart.
1: Okay, so the interest rate that anchor. so I would like to correct you there, The interest rate that they were providing was not in fact through a centralized exchange. It was a supposedly decentralized platform on the blockchain itself. It wasn't like a proper firm or a company. It was just a group of developers building on the Terra ecosystem. But the interest rate that was being paid out to depositors was in fact being paid out through Terra's reserves, basically just some of the reserves that the Luna foundation guard LFG was putting, mm. they were actually essentially stacking up reserves and then it was being used to pay Very out the interest rates, making the protocol entirely unsustainable and a what? Ponzi scheme. Because wow. the new users that were depositing their money, that money would be part of the reserve. And then a few weeks later, a few days later, those reserves were being paid out as interest rate.
0: So they were not really making money. Like I was, so if if i'm depositing 100 dollars worth of terra i mean buying terra and then they are going to pay me 20% again in, in the same token terra they were not really earning any money they yeah, were just they,
1: they, so okay. they did have a borrowing like the borrowing or a lend function anchor as well but the usage for the lend function was significantly lower compared to the usage of the deposit function so the, while they were still making some money it wasn't nearly enough to cover all the interest they would have to pay out because the 20% interest rate is eye-catching they were mm. exponentially growing in terms of users and in terms of the total value on the platform
0: makes sense so naturally yeah. it is unsustainable and I mean then when did it catch up to them like what really happened that triggered the crash because the crash was obviously inevitable right if you're not yeah. earning so to to be sustainable they have to make 21%. That's that's what it is. The money that they're taking from yeah. depositors, they have to make 21% and they have to pay 20%. And if they can't do that, they're gone. So, it was inevitable, but what really triggered the crash? What happened? You know, when did people find out?
1: So, there is a theory on this in the cryptocurrency space that it was a coordinated attack that took down the ecosystem. So, it essentially goes something like this, like the so-called attacker, uh, accumulated $1 billion worth of USD and borrowed $3 billion worth of Bitcoin. So essentially shorted $3 billion worth of Bitcoin and bought $1 billion of USD. They then went around and spread misinformation about USD, not even misinformation, just like trying to scare people essentially, and how a subsequent bank run would work. So this put a little selling pressure on Bitcoin. So like, Articles would come out, for example, that is UST still safe or something like that, something along those headlines mm. and putting selling pressure on Bitcoin and by extension, the entire crypto market. So because of the selling pressure, Bitcoin's price would go down a little, which would be beneficial for the attacker because they had the $3 billion it short position it. on Bitcoin. Mm. So they dumped their position onto the market and $3 billion, that's still like quite some size. Yeah. So that, that can trigger some sort of panic in the space. And then they also started dumping their usd position at market prices on centralized exchange on centralized exchanges like binance causing a small depeg in usd's price because usd the way usd works is if you want to mint one usd so if you want to buy one usd straight from terra like if where they're making it then you have to burn one dollar worth of luna so theoretically ensuring that it's always collateralized, 100% collateralized. It's not under-collateralized at any point.
0: Mm.
1: So, the small DPEG in the USD, in USD's price to counter the small DPEG, LFG, the Luna Foundation guard, would like to pause here. Uh, Duke one in April 2022. He very publicly, after people started raising questions on how uh, he would sustain the interest and how he would sustain the ecosystem, he very publicly bought large amounts of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies to top up the reserves, the LFG reserves that were being used to pay out the investors. So mm. at one point he had uh, his foundation guard, Luna foundation card had 80,000 Bitcoin in its reserve. So to cover the deep edge, they started selling Bitcoin and the money they got from selling the Bitcoin from the reserves, they used that money to buy the USD creating demand. So
0: because
1: mm. they, they were still selling their Bitcoin. There was still like selling pressure on Bitcoin in the markets. So eventually LFG was selling Bitcoins while the attackers were selling USD like, so that the, because the, uh, because LFG and that was, brought
0: down the price of Bitcoin even more,
1: yeah, because they were still selling it and mm. b- because Terra was marketed and essentially cryptocurrency market is decentralized. So Terra was not trying to get itself involved too much. So they were not intervening in large quantities or large amounts. So they were selling They were selling small amounts of Bitcoin. Like I remember they sold, like at the very beginning, they sold somewhere around like $750 million worth of Bitcoin, which is still a pretty large amount. But then at, at that point, USD still had a market cap of 18 to $19 billion. Hmm. So LFG, because the DPEG wasn't uh, covering, LFG had to sell even more Bitcoin and the attackers sold more USD and on and on. And eventually, like people started asking questions because uh, price of USD, it wasn't pegged to $1 for two to three days at that point. And then people started to get suspicious and then it, there was just mass panic in the markets. So this was yeah. accompanied by a bank run on anchor because retail investors also got worried. So in two days, depositors took out $11 billion worth of USD while the price of USD was decreasing.
0: <laughs> damn, damn. And, and to keep the price of USD... So I understand the way this whole ecosystem works is when the price of UST, which is the stable coin drops, you have to mint more Luna so that there are more Luna in the ecosystem. So that one Luna is equal to one UST is equal to $1. Yeah. So it has to be $1. Yeah. So it's very important to highlight this, that if a stable coin drops below a dollar, that is when you know that, you know, I mean, something is going on. And, these guys, the LFG guys will do anything to make sure that the UST is equal to $1. Now, if the price of UST goes down and because it's an algorithmic peg, it's not a, I mean, it's not a one is to one Fiat peg, right? You know, when we spoke about Terra, we were like, you know, if they have $69 billion worth of tether in circulation, then they have to have $69 billion in Fiat in their bank account. But now they don't need to have fiat. They need to have sixty-nine billion dollars worth of Luna in their account or anything. Basically, any Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency worth sixty-nine billion. So, if the price of that UST is falling, they would have to mint more, more and more of these tokens. And
1: yeah,
0: at the same time, I think the price of Luna also was dropping. So
1: yeah, so that was it was a double whammy. Additional, yeah, that was an additional knock-on effect because they weren't able to cover the peg of the US of USD. So it went down from $1 to like 0.98 cents and it was there for a while. And then it dropped down to 90 cents and then 80 and then 70. So all this while Luna was being minted at insane levels. I think in one day its supply increased by like 150% or something, some absurd number. So Mm -hmm. that much new supply being dumped on the market. So people were just trying to get themselves out of the entire ecosystem. They didn't want any connection. Like we don't know, mm. we've never been involved with this, so Luna dropped by ninety percent multiple times, and a lot of people found that found out the hard way that when something drops by ninety percent it can then go on to drop by another ninety percent,
0: yeah, and then it went to zero also, I think yeah, I it mean... essentially
1: so it went from an all time high of a hundred something dollars down to a few cents and not even a few cents, like three or four decimal places after the zero. <laughs>
0: And that is when people realized that any money that they had in Luna or in UST and also in other cryptocurrencies was yeah. worth substantially a lot less. Anyone yeah. who invested in Luna basically lost the whole principal amount. Like yeah, that interest, all that 20% interest d- didn't mean anything. It's just a number on yeah. the screen now. Yeah. So it was just like digital assets going up. And then when the price yeah. went down you and, the...
1: and in, in mm. between, like when this entire episode was happening, uh, the Luna blockchain, the Terra blockchain was halted twice. So that similar to how Fiat banks stop withdrawals for a while so that they hope that mm. people come back to some of their senses and they're like, it's going to be fine. And then they don't, they don't withdraw at that same rate, but that didn't help that Most of the time, more panic,
0: right? I mean that, was, yeah, that, was that and
1: that just creates, so. In the crypto spaces, there's an acronym called FUD, which is fear, uncertainty, and doubt. So there was a lot of FUD being spread around.
0: Yeah, no, no, I understand, man. And, and you know, like the whole scene now, like in retrospect, I mean, people will be like, okay, man, like you know, it was all we, like even us, right? Even we are now coming out and saying that you know, twenty percent is unsustainable. But but when you're getting that interest, right? For even if it's for four or five months, you really believe. You know like yeah. at least, well, a lot of people really believe that you know they would yeah. be able to earn twenty percent for a very long period of time again. Yeah uh, and so... a
1: lot of people started using anchor as their savings account. They had all their savings savings in it because a lot of US savings account for example the interest rates they offer is like 0.5% per year. Yeah. So comparing to that 20% is next level. So mm. people put all their money into anchor and then, it and just, then it, yeah. yeah then
0: they found out the hard way like i mean then th- these are the people who will be telling their kids not to invest in the stock market because you know yeah you can't make money in the stock markets yeah. but you know i i want to take a very interesting segue so we spoke about luna terra how the whole system crashed because it was backed by algorithmic uh like yeah. there was no real money backing the stable coin like tether even I mean, you know, Tether also, we don't know how much real money is behind that. But anyways, is there any other cryptos that you know of which has an algorithmic backing right now? And I mean, I'm just thinking about the red flags that we can look for now because we know what happened with Luna. So is there any other cryptos on your radar which you believe, you know, is really functioning like Luna or has a al- algorithmic backing or is offering a very high interest rate, which people should be aware of? Like if anyone... listening to this episode and has money in that cryptocurrency or token we could save them
1: yeah so basically on the tron blockchain there is a stable coin called usdd decentralized usd i think it goes by and it's pretty much the same story like it was with usd they offer something like 40 percent interest rates annualized and they claim to be over collateralized just like usd said it was and they are just essentially marketing themselves as another savings account, but that's not sustainable. Sustainable as has already been witnessed, and even USDD lost its peg for a while. It was down ten percent. So imagine you took in one dollar worth of coins to the bank, and you only got back ninety cents in return.
0: Hmm. So ten percent haircut. In, yeah. On flat ten percent discount. Flat.
1: Yeah. So. The USDD they are also algorithmically backed by a, a lot of other cryptocurrencies uh, like uh, TRX, which is the token of the Tron blockchain, as well as Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other stable coins. And they say that they're over collateralized, which is true right now because of the prices, like where the prices are. But if the prices drop again, they would either have to post more collateral or more reserves. They would have to top up their reserves. Or They would see the stable coin drastically decrease in value because it's not no longer going to be over collateralized. And
0: the whole interest rate scenario right now is there are there still cryptocurrencies which are still offering that high level of interest rate? Like, even after the crypto winter, the whole crash, we are headed towards a recession. We know that you know the economy is headed towards a recession and interest rates are going to increase more, like, the Fed is going to i don't know how many interest rates are going to increase so are there still players out there who are offering like 15% 20% absurd amount of interest still do you do you still see that in the market
1: yeah so actually like i didn't think this would be the case but defi lenders have actually reduced their interest rates in line with what they're earning so on defi platforms which are not centralized they are like they don't have centralized governance they're offering like respectable interest rates like 4%, 4 4.5% in this environment that can, you can still wrap your head around it. Yeah. You can still believe it. But some centralized lenders are still offering insane amounts of interest rate. Like Nexo, for example, I recently came across a (laughs) post. So someone tried to withdraw their money from Nexo. So Nexo is just a exchange and basically a lender as well. So you can either borrow from them or you can deposit your money there and earn an interest Mm. rate on it, Mm. earn interest on it. So someone tried to withdraw money from Nexo and they sent that person an email saying that you may want to reconsider your withdrawal to keep your money here for an extra month. we are prepared to offer you 13% interest rate. Wow. They went ahead and paused the withdrawal for him to make the decision.
0: (laughs) Damn. Oh my God. And this is the company which is being rumored to acquire vault. So they are are themselves not in a very good
1: position. Yeah. And and very hmm. cheekily as well, when Celsius stopped withdrawals initially, the very next day, Nexo publicly released a letter, like we sympathize with Celsius's depositors and we're willing to buy you out. Like we're willing to engage in deals. And that's just, Hmm. I mean, it's incredible. Like you're, celsius's balance sheet has like a two billion dollar hole and they're just putting it out there that they want to buy it and then they haven't completely locked down withdrawals yet but i don't think it's too far given how everything is going right now i don't think it's illogical to assume that nexo or any other centralized lender is gonna stop withdrawals at some point
0: yeah i mean so the next article that we read might say the deal between Nexo and Wald is on hold, and now FTX is in the news to buy Nexo and Wald and two or three other lenders. Yeah. This, this this guy you were talking to me about, like Sam Friedman. I don't know what the full name is, but Sam
1: Bankman fried
0: Yeah, big name, man. I mean, I was yeah. like this. Is it a, a token? Is it a name of a person? <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what this is. But uh, this guy is has been buying left and right and we might as well, you know, hear him making more acquisitions. Again, bringing us to the whole point that, you know, the space itself is very volatile right now. And as the macro economy faces more headwinds because it is, I mean, you know, with 9.1% yeah. inflation in the US, I don't see that, you know, the Fed is just going to sit and do nothing. So more tough times ahead for people who are investing in the crypto space and, um, you know, Anmol, any last thoughts, you know, you would like to uh, talk about, like, you know, what do you think is going to happen in the next 6 to 12 months in the crypto space and do you think this crypto winter is, you know, the winter is here, the winter is not coming, the winter is here. How long do you think this is going to last?
1: I don't think at this point it's in the hands of anyone in the crypto space. It's in the, it's solely in the hands of the Fed as long as they're tightening everything is gonna face serious headwinds trying to go up or trying Mm. to like raise funding for example startups for example because the fed is in such a it was in a really bad position before because they weren't sure if they had completely thwarted the COVID threat like if people were ready to come back from it and then they helped out for too long and now they essentially have to induce a recession whether they like it or not. Otherwise, we're heading into a completely hyperinflationary world. Like, they have to. And even then, they don't know if the interest rate hikes are going to work out. They're doing it because it's always been done before. But, like, some of the inflation fears, or some of the inflation, like, the biggest rises in price we've seen in a lot of the places are not even included in, like, the baseline inflation calculation. So, it's just a very... Mm treacherous environment for all involved essentially
0: yeah and dude i mean look they are in total damage control mode right now they they understand that if this number goes from 9.1 to if the number breaches 10 percent, which is i don't know all-time high in the u.s they've never seen this number before i don't uh, know how
1: it, it has been seen but not for 30 odd years so it's 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 gonna be yeah. happening in a really long time and it's not that far away uh, maybe mm. next month or the month after, it's very likely we see double digit inflation. Maybe
0: maybe when we're recording the next episode, when we're talking about, you know, yeah. the whole uh, crash of the three arrows, capital bankruptcy in Voyager Digital yeah. Celsius. When we talk about that.
1: That's an entire <laughs> ride in itself.
0: Yeah. Maybe at that time, we would also maybe give an introduction saying that, guys, the inflation rate in the US is 10% now. Yeah. No, we don't know what's going to happen. But I mean, they were the ones who created this, right? They were the ones who pumped the economy with so much cash, what was going to happen, right? Inflation, they created the inflation. And now they're, again, creating a recession. And that's how the economy works, right? I mean, you make it and you, you create the booms and the bust. So that's, that's how markets work. And I mean, yeah, let's see, let's see what happens. And I am really excited to talk about, the whole fall of the three arrows capital, uh, I think that's a that's a 15-minute conversation itself, right? And Celsius, Wald, Voyager Digital, I think by the time we do the second episode, we'll have three or four more names in this bucket yeah. list. Uh, but yeah, man, tough times ahead. And if you're a crypto investor like Anmol mentioned, please do your research before you put any money, like we always say. And don't put your life saving at least. I mean, anyone who is putting their life saving into cryptocurrency i i don't know what to say to you but please don't do that just just be very mindful of you know what you're doing with your money so yeah i mean i would just like to end this episode with that and just think about what you do with your money be mindful of it and anmol again you know as always a pleasure to have you on the show i think we were we're going to talk about the three arrows thing in this episode but we did really get into the whole Luna thing and yeah. th- I think that it itself makes an episode for itself so anything you want to add before we, we close for the, for the day
1: not much really just everything it's really interconnected even though like talking about 3AC today would have been nice but it was really important to lay out Luna's entire history because like you'll find out later that 3AC invested invested in a seed round for Luna. Not just like mm. buying Luna, like investing in Luna the firm. And then they were taking money from other lenders and then those lenders are going under. It's all very convoluted and very interesting. So, it's going to be a blast talking about this next time.
0: The domino effect, my boys. Yes. Oh. Awesome, man. We I'll catch you in the next episode. It's going to be mostly, you know, we'll record this next week. So, we'll have more updates by then. Anmol, pleasure having you. And Thank you guys. Thank you for tuning in. We will catch you in the next episode.